there are core elements of a friendship. Like for example, um, there's affection, trust, mutual aid, and acceptance of vulnerability. On the flip side, like if a friend spells my name wrong, like you don't take the N, I'm like, are oh you god, I do that so <laughs> It's funny because sometimes to be true to ourselves, we need to see how we interact with others. Keep thinking about how we are really social beings. Humans are social beings and that sense of connectedness is also so important to our well-being. Hey there, we're in episode 13 of Ask Yourself, Being Better at Friendship. Ask Yourself is a learning discussion where we seek questions to be more intentional of how we understand ourselves. Hi, I'm Nina Guna. And I'm Elisha Corpus. We are two friends who are trying to make sense of ourselves and the world together. This topic means a lot to us both. I mean, obviously because we're friends. <laughs> um, but for me, I've been really inspired by this topic in part because of the TV shows I've been binge-watching during the pandemic. Um, among them, New Girl and Sex and the City. And in those situations, like the friends either live together mm-hmm. or live really near each other and they always have brunch or dinner and have a cafe or bar to meet in. That just seems really fun. And I don't know when that fantasy will ever come true, um, especially now, but... I think that just reflects for me how important the role of friends are and how much I appreciate them all the more now. <laughs> well, first off, you're binging all the classics. <laughs> yeah, I know. These are old right? shows. <laughs> Someone's yeah. going back in time. <laughs> I know. Nostalgic. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think <laughs> I love that idea of having that one bar that you all know you can go to at the end of the day. Like... If someone's having a sucky day or a good day or like I even like those scenes where people are just they can enter each other's apartments all the time because yeah. they live so close. <laughs> right? Like that's oh, I, I love that and I wish we could have that. I think also for me, I've been thinking about friendships because obviously it's February and mm. this idea of love is kind of more emphasized during this time of the year. And so most people would think of romantic love but yeah i think for me it's my friends my girlfriends that i've always had so actually girlfriends i also have guy friends but you know what i mean like it's the friendship that has always been there for me and i feel like we don't talk about friendships as much as romantic relationships and so it might be a good idea to bring that up this month and dig into it for this podcast I agree. And I think also in Filipino culture, there's such a premium on family besides the romantic Mm -hmm. friendships. But I think we don't realize how much we rely on our friends. I mean, even now with the pandemic, we are neighbors. We're relying on them all the more now. Like We don't even need those deep friendships. Those casual acquaintances are actually also important to us. So I think that the more we realize how important friendship is in our lives, then the more we should try to get better at it. So exactly. hence the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like with this pandemic, I think it highlighted how important it is to have friendships of all kinds. Like whether mm-hmm. it's the deep, deep friendship or the casual people that you just see in the bar but you don't really think about afterwards like for example those connections right 
And it's so important to have them that journals are now coming up with studies that even say for women especially, our blood pressure gets higher when we feel isolated from all kinds of friendship. And for men too, we see that they are more prone or their anxiety and depression gets more aggravated when they don't have those social ties. So yeah, very important. And we feel the importance of it now that we can't really go out and see everyone as much as we want to. Yeah. So, I mean, now that we're going to talk about maintaining friendships, I mean, obviously we want to look at how we value them and how we want to maintain them. I guess always we talk about intention. So Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that the way we keep our friendships in, is in a way that's authentic authentic to us. It doesn't feel forced. And it's something that's true to both you and that friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we also wanted to talk about the importance of friendship and how to maintain it. Because recognizing its value, its importance, also means we have to give some level of effort and energy into those friendships so we can benefit get the most out of those relationships so yeah part of it is also thinking about how can I intentionally give or exert the effort that I need to exert for this to continue to thrive and develop right I mean at the end of the day I keep thinking about how we are really social beings humans are social beings and that sense of connectedness is also so important to our well-being yeah yeah even the Cash, quote-unquote, casual friendships are very important in feeling that belonging and that connectedness. Because there are even um, sociologists who would say that people are 17% happier at the end of the day if they have those casual, like, highs, hellos. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, we need that. And we're missing out on it, obviously. But there are ways to get it. Okay. So, I think the questions that we've thought of could really apply to whether you're thinking of a specific friend, a specific mm-hmm. relationship, or maybe you're just thinking about the concept of friendship in general. So also why this topic is a big deal for me is because I did have to, I had a turning point where I had to be conscious about friendship. It was in college. Um, I happened to go to one school, to La Salle, and all my other friends went to other schools. So I had the chance to make new friends, got a boyfriend, drums, <laughs> and I think for maybe the first two years, like I was, I had so much fun, and I really enjoyed um, those new relationships. But inevitably, like I really missed those connections from high school, like with you. And I, I can't remember when we reconnected, but maybe it was like around that time when I was thinking about my old friends. Um, so, yeah. So I had to, I had to be more deliberate about my friendship and. Um, what I did was I really went out of my way. Uh, spent my Fridays, Saturdays hanging out with them because in La Salle we only had a four-day school week, so I had the time to visit them. I'd go to Katipunan. I would even go to the bars there to see them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my takeaway from this is, I think like we tend to get scared or shy to reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Maybe we think we're imposing or it's gonna be awkward. But for the most part. People are so willing to reconnect. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's something that we can also apply now that we're all the more distant from each other. Exactly. I think also what I'm getting from your sharing is 
you know, you evaluate your friendships, not to rank them. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you get something from each friend and it doesn't have to be the same thing from all of them but you went through the process of really thinking about who are the people I want in my life and it doesn't mean that you like your college friends more than your high school friends or your high school friends more than your college or your boyfriend more than everything else it's really just who are these people that matter and how can I give them the love that they deserve that's so true. Because some of these friends, honestly, like I talk to them maybe once a year. But when we do talk, it's like nonstop, so natural. So it doesn't have to be like that super deep friendship. You could be like, I have friends I just talk to about football. <laughs> Other friends Not I just talk me, to. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Other friends just about dogs. And like, I love that. <laughs> so, so important. So I think that that's a, that's a good way to set up our first question, which is, what am I getting out of my friendships? And what do I want to get out of them? Okay, so I feel like this, maybe we could get some help from psychology. What do you think? Is there any research about this? Yeah, so I think this question, we set it up in this way because it's about thinking of what is the value of friendship? And if we look at the research, there are core elements of a friendship. Like, for example... Um, there's affection, trust, mutual aid, and acceptance of vulnerability. So this one is by Nicholas Christakis. And he, so he's like a sociologist, but also a doctor. And he looks at the evolutionary, biological, and social science of like human life. And Looking at these core elements, we see that we get positive benefits out of them. So like, for example, affection. It feels good when people like you, when you like people. Um, trust, which we'll get into more later. It, you need that support system so you can survive, basically. Mutual aid. You need to know that people will collaborate with you and cooperate with you. And then this acceptance of vulnerability is something that brings a lot of lightness. So the example that he used in his book was, we're okay when our friends tease us, because that's an acceptance of vulnerability. So me, for example, I have a really high voice, as you can hear, and when my friends tease me about it, I'm okay with it, even though they're kind of attacking something I'm insecure about. But when a career coach told me before that I have to lower my voice because no one will hire me, that hurts because you're not my friend. Why are you telling me that? So yeah, I think there are core elements and we get a lot of positive outcomes from these core elements. This question though is about personalizing it for you. What are you getting out of your friendships? Um, the core elements are just guides that we can start to think of. What was the one about vulnerability again? Ah, it's an acceptance of an vulnerability. An acceptance of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. So I'm thinking about how... Why, why did I want to re reconnect with those friends from high school? And I feel like it's because these people, I know them to be really true to themselves. And I feel like they have that vulnerability. Like Even if we're not super close, we're not mm -hmm. together every day, when I do talk to them, they're like their tr best authentic selves. And so I can be vulnerable, they can be vulnerable. And for me, that like, really energizes me. And I think it helps me also be a better person. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's something I value, being true, people being true to themselves. 
And it's funny because sometimes to be true to ourselves, we need to see how we interact with others. So we can get to the core of like what is real to me and what are my non-negotiables, what's okay, what's not okay. So it gets really valuable to have friends because if you put yourself in situations where you can't explore that part of yourself, then you know you have to see uh, what am I getting out of this friendship if not that. Wow, okay, I love that. So, okay, for me... Um, after knowing that you value your friends, I think then you're going to look at signs of whether that friendship is working or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that brings us to our second question. What are signals that the friendship is serving me or not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is such a tricky topic. I I don't know, because sometimes there are some people who would say, right, like, well, you choose your friends. And so if you chose that certain person, then we have to be kind of sure of our choice, right? Or like if you're not sure anymore, then there's something you have to do to be able to still have a healthy relationship or have a healthy choice. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's so tricky sometimes to look for signals when you've already bought in to Mm -hmm. that relationship. That's so true. But I think there's always that gut feel when you feel like the friendship is kind of smooth sailing or easygoing. And then when there's a bump along the way, maybe that's when you can feel like there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, yeah, you have a point that it's hard because you can't specify what's wrong. You just feel it. So I am going to refer to Brene, Bre- Brene Brown's <laughs> of Anatomy course. of Trust. <laughs> yeah. Brene Brown fan club as always <laughs> so for again for anyone who doesn't know her she's a researcher on shame and vulnerability and inevitably trust is a topic that comes into those mm-hmm. with those concepts okay so um she defines trust as choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions so again, choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. Big word. <laughs> yes. But I feel like the key word here is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you can be safe around that person. And I I love also her research because she said what she found out about trust is that it's actually built in very small moments. It's not about grand gestures. So it's all these little decisions that you make that actually break trust or build trust so for example if an office mate saves me a seat in the pantry then i feel like i can trust them more um or a friend sends me a vegan recipe even if they're not vegan Mm -hmm. like that's such a cute gesture um but also on the flip side like if a friend spells my name wrong like you don't put the n yeah i'm like are you god i do that no, it's fine. I understand. <laughs> My parents don't do it also. So don't worry. <laughs> but there. So just like really uh, really small things like that like end up mattering a lot um, in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those moments um, of trust can also become moments of betrayal. Like when there's that opportunity to connect and you chose not to connect, then there's a betrayal. So then oh. that's when you lose trust. Yes. Ah, I love that because, okay, so one of the things I really value is time. Like, work never stops, right? But 
also it's up to you to be able to plan out your your day or you know whatever that is so you can spend time with the people who matter and so i i like scheduling things with friends so that i know that okay if i'm going to hang out with you 8 p.m to 12 new 12 midnight then i will be here and present and you know i'll i'll just figure out what i have to cram later so that's why time is so important but when friends are late to you know these hangouts i think if you're late once that's okay if you're late and you know you say oh i'm so sorry i just i didn't i lost track of time like that's okay also but if you're late and you don't give some sort of explanation and it happens all the time i think it's that consistency that makes you lose trust or it almost feels like that person doesn't value something that's important for you and they are not sensitive enough to see that so yeah i think that's such a good way to to phrase our understanding of trust but okay maybe you can help break this down even more because i know trust is such a big word and how do you even look at signals that could point you towards what trust looks like right so Brene brown made her anatomy of trust and uh, it's an acronym braving so she says because when we trust we are braving connection with someone so b stands for boundaries so this means Holding your boundaries and respecting others' boundaries. R is reliability. So if you say, if you're going to do what you say and you do this consistently, as you're with your example. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A is accountability. So own your mistakes and also allow others Mm. to own up to their mistakes and make amends for it. V is vault. This is about confidentiality. So if I say something to you in confidence, whether or not, or not you think it's something that's really sensitive information, but if you spread it to someone else, um, then you break my our confidentiality agreement. I is integrity. So this is practicing your values, choosing courage over comfort. N is non-judgment. So this means if I fall apart, I will not be judged by you and vice versa. G is generosity. So assuming the best in a person's intentions, um, actions, and their behavior. So maybe if they made a mistake, you'd still try to think of the best of them. So again, just to recap, B is boundaries, R is reliability, A is accountability, V is vault, I is integrity, N is non-judgment, and G is generosity. Okay, so what's really great about this anatomy of trust is you can be really specific about Mm -hmm what's not working or what is working in your in your friendship because maybe um you have a friend who's reliable but let's say they weren't willing to say sorry about something then the accountability goes down so at least you could be specific instead of being like i don't trust you anymore and then they'll they'll, they'll wonder like why don't you trust me i did all this for you no 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 and you can be like oh but this one thing (laughs) that's where according to (laughs) brene that's where it went wrong (laughs) yeah no i i love that we have a, a way to sort of break it down because when you have a concept as abstract as trust like people could interpret it in different ways and so 
when you have that conversation with your friend, and I think even with, you know, your romantic partner or your family, if you can't put into words what you mean by trust, then it's just, it breaks down the communication even more. And so having these very specific things to watch out for can really help. Also, I know now where I heard trust, big word. It takes a man and a woman. Sarah, Sarah Hieronymo. I couldn't oh move on gosh. until I, I, I quote the source. Good job <laughs> citing your sources. Okay. So, like, knowing, of course, what isn't, isn't working in your mm-hmm. friendship is so important. So, what if you want to make a friendship better or you want to be a better friend? And what kind of question can we ask? Mm-hmm. So, we thought about how can you show your friends that you value them? So, that's our third question. How can you show your friends that you value them? I feel like the short answer to this is, like, being present or showing up. But again, better if we can break this down. So what can you say about that, Liz? Okay, so I it's not what I can say, but it's what we researched. So, Research. <laughs> yeah, um, there's this book called We Should Get Together. And it's about adult friendships and making meaningful connections. So in that book, they said there are four different ways to show up. So like one is there's close proximity Two is you have regular interactions. Three, you have a a compatible outlook on life. And then four, there's a shared commitment to being there for each other. And so if we think about showing up according to these four different factors, then these kind of are behaviors or steps that we can do to really show up for our friends. Wait, when you said close proximity, I was just thinking about how that's so much tougher now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how, I guess like we can think about um, how can we then still feel that proximity with each other mm-hmm. even if we are not physically together. I guess the regular interaction kind of answers that also. Yeah, although I, I also think proximity isn't just physical in the way that like we use it in social sciences, for example, because proximity can also be like, I have the same emotions as you, or I'm close in time, I'm close in experience as you. So like, for example, when I was away, right, proximity was not there, we were very far from each other. But knowing that you all were kind of in the same experience of growing up like we were all figuring out our jobs and and adulting like that gave me the proximity I needed from our friendship oh okay I like that so I think it also applies to my work friendships it's honestly been much harder to maintain friends from work because we're all working remotely um, and though there are benefits to working from home, it's actually something that I always wanted for the longest time. What I really miss is like those spontaneous interactions, um, especially like when we'd have lunch together or we're in the office and we're like laughing about something about <laughs> one of our articles. <laughs> so all those were gone and it did have an impact on our team. Um, we're, we're quite a small team and we were quite tight knit and 
when the pandemic came, then we lost those interactions and now there's actually just two of us left. So the others ended up resigning. I, I There are different factors, of course, but I do think that lack of interaction mm-hmm. um, played may, may have played a role. So now I, I've been thinking about those kinds of ways to connect and I've been trying to make more of an effort to talk to my teammate. Like, for example, like, reacting to articles. Like, I was able to talk to him about... We're, we're, we did something about Chris Aquino recently. And I told... <laughs> and I, I just commented to him about how deep Bimbi's voice was. And then... <laughs> so from there, we were able to have, like, a, a conversation. So, like, small things like that, I think, are so important. More important now. And being deliberate, deliberate about it is more important because um, there really is an effect on on the lack of belonging and the, or the lack of engagement that you feel when you don't have those um, interactions or those, yeah. even those casual friendships. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that example that you gave because, I mean, it's true. It's so hard to have those kinds of quick side comments, quick interactions with the setup we have now. But the thing is, it's not impossible. It just, it takes a little bit more work. It takes us being a little bit more purposive about what we're trying to do. And in a way, in a way, I actually think it's a nice thing because it forces us to like, yo, you got to show up for the people who matter or like you have to find a way to reconnect or to at least talk to someone before the end of the day so yeah it's not it's it seems impossible but it takes a little bit more effort and it's not as impossible as we think so yeah I love your example I think for me what I'm curious about is the compatible outlook on life because in the world that we live in now we're divided not just physically but even more so like beliefs wise or in ideology i guess like it makes me wonder so what if if they don't have the same outlook on life as you like like what do you do where does that go i don't know i've been thinking about oh gosh. that <laughs> for me i've experienced um having friends who don't like vegans or don't like the whole vegan movement i'm not even a vegan i'm, I'm vegetarian but i do want to be a vegan and when i heard them say it that you know they, they weren't supportive of it like i felt attacked but and then we got to talk more about why they didn't like it and they were talking about how like for the poor it's not sustainable and i was like yeah i totally 100 percent agree with that like if you don't can't afford the lifestyle then i wouldn't impose it on mm. you and then they also talked to me about how well, you know, like a lot of vegan products have soy and actually a lot of farmers are being exploited in South America about it. And I was like, I am totally against exploitation too. Mm-hmm. So like we found that common ground about what we didn't and didn't like. Maybe they didn't, they're not going to turn vegan. I'm not going to um, be convinced to go back to meat. But I like that we were able to find that common ground. Like we don't like these injustices. Like we both don't like and we are not going to stand for it. So, yeah, I think that's one way to go about it. I guess, like, what happened was we looked for something that was bigger Mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. one thing that we were for or against. Yeah. Yeah. It's bringing it up, right? To, Mm. like, what... Or not up, maybe. Even bringing it deeper to what is the core value that matters to both of us. Um, I think something else, though, that you... 
that is brought up by your example is there's a willingness on both of your parts to keep the friendship and to mm-hmm. talk about how you might be compatible even though on the first try you're not so i think that's what really matters too like we also have to sort of agree that hey you matter in my life and i don't want you to hate me just because i hate xyz topic so yeah there's also i guess that mutual understanding that this relationship matters yeah that's true that's true like they're not they weren't even we weren't even close friends mm-hmm. but i think there was that trust there i guess because we were both be- willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with each other so that was so important also Nice. Okay, then that brings us to our last sort of way of showing up, which is having a shared commitment to be there for each other. I think with this one, what becomes more important is that we first ask our friends how they want us to be there for them, like thinking about how we can support them and what they need right now instead of assuming what they need. And then also, on the flip side, it's being able to tell our friends clearly what kind of support we need. So, for example, in my college group, it's so nice because we all have like different jobs or some people have new businesses. And we just text each other and go, okay, hey friends, the support I need is like all my pages, um, click interesting, even if you're not going to the event. <laughs> so like, just tell them what they need so they can also know and they're not guessing about how they can support you. Yeah, okay, I love that. Um, can we just go back again to the f- four kinds, mm. four ways mm-hmm. of maintaining friendship? So can you recap? There's yeah. close proximity. What and else? then regular interactions and also having a compatible outlook on life and a shared commitment to be there for each other. Okay, so um, thank you for recapping it because actually I was talking to Joanne before this and she was she asked me, she was like, I have a phone-in question. How do you keep friendships during the pandemic? <laughs> so those four... A phone-in question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those four can help you out, John. Should we have a like a call in section? Like you're on oh my the gosh. air. <laughs> when, maybe when we're really, we're actually live, no. Okay. So I, I I think also why the reflecting on these is so important is because we have such limited time. I think mm. like if anything, um, we've learned over the past years that our time is of the essence and. Um, we have limited time, limited energy, and so it's so much more important to be intentional, especially when it comes to our friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so less time we spend on, you know, relationships that don't serve us well and don't serve the other party well, that means the more time we have to actually nurture the relationships that serve us well and the relationships where we can have a positive impact on the other person. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Maybe it's a good time to recap our three questions. All okay. Right. So the first one is, what am I getting out of my friendships? What do I want to get out of them? Okay. The second question is, what are signals that the friendship is serving me or not? 
And the third is, how can you show your friends or my, how can I show my friends that I value them? Mm-hmm. So those are so, three questions that I think you can reflect on for yourself. But maybe a good way to do it also is to ask your friends about the questions so they can reflect on it and share the answers with you. Yeah. I think another thing also you can do is take that love language test and then share your results with each other so you can see how you can connect better. Mm-hmm. I think I did it with my friends before. Yeah, and I found out that I'm not really into gifts. I will accept the gifts, but <laughs> I, I am more of quality time and acts of service. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So it's something that you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so any final um, takeaways before we wrap this up? <laughs> For me, it's about balance. Like, you ask yourself these questions so you can know yourself more and then figure out how you can balance all the different factors moving forward. So I say balance because I've been seeing these posts online that would say something like, if I don't reach out to you um, or if I don't talk to you, just know that I'm here. So, okay, fair. I get that. Like, yes, we all have to take care of our mental health, disconnect when we need to, take that time for ourselves. And also, I think what doesn't sit right with me is on the flip side, you never know what your friend might need or what your friends will need. And sometimes even the ones who seem like they have things together, they have their life together, they can benefit so much from having that random check-in or that receiving that random message. And so, yeah, I think that's why I am pushing for balance. Because as we go through all of these, if it's a friendship that matters, then we do have to make an effort. And, you know, sometimes it takes one message or one invite to show people around us that they matter for us so yeah i i hope by being more intentional by reflecting on the questions we can think about how do we serve ourselves positively but also how do we show the people who matter to us that we care for them and that you know we love them yeah that's so true i'm a firm believer in that you get you you get what you give Mm -hmm. so the effort you put into a friendship is really what will make it grow or not. But at the same time, I think I have to stress that friendship shouldn't feel forced. Mm. So if you do feel like you're not getting what you're giving, maybe it's time to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Maybe check in on the friendship or think about how if you're doing something wrong, if you're something wrong on the other person's end. Um because honestly, life is short and it's <laughs> you have to be with people who you're happy to be around and who are happy to have you. So, yeah, I think that's my takeaway about friendship. Yeah. And that we should really value it more. It's so underrated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know how, like, there are all these tips online that says you have to do, like, a, a relationship evaluation with your husbands or wives or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. But no one says that about friendships. And, it's true. Right? I think we should do that. People should be able to take the time, if the friendship matters, to talk to the other person and just be like, hey, Nina, where are we at? Like, are we still good? Uh, what do you <laughs> like about how I treat you? What, 
what can I improve? You know, it's just having that quick little check-in that could strengthen your friendship even more. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's it for our episode on how to be a better friend. I hope that we can ask ourselves these questions and also invite our friends into conversation about them. Thank you for taking the time to learn with us and for asking yourself the hard stuff. So connect with us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at AskYourselfPH. Bye! <laughs> Bye!